Dare Catch Kick, the 15-minute fantasy football podcast. I'm Paul Stoltz, former professional kicker who spent way too much time in the offensive film room. And I'm Anthony LaFreary, an award-winning sports reporter who is bringing that Big Nick energy this week. Big Nick referring to Big Nick Foles, who just, it was announced, is officially the starter for the Chicago Bears moving forward. If you guys didn't catch it, we started a new segment last week where we were doing a preview uh, of all 15 games. We called it 15 games in 15 minutes. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, if you guys listened to it last week, you really benefited from it, especially from a DFS standpoint. Guys we recommended included Russell Wilson, Mo Alley Cox, Cole Beasley, both Cleveland running backs, both Seattle wide receivers, Jonu Smith. Actually, uh, we'd like to give out a shout-out to one of our listeners, Sam Michelle, had both Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the team, started them both along with Tyler Lockett, was the league's high scorer. If you guys like these tips and you like that content, please subscribe to our YouTube page and our Apple Podcast page. Like it, comment it, let us know you want us to keep doing them. Don't be afraid to reach out to us on social media about it. Follow those accounts on Instagram and Twitter at FCK Podcast. Even visit our website, www.fckpodcast.com. So moving forward, what the schedule will be is every Tuesday morning, we will be releasing this episode, which is takeaways from the previous week and uh, our top five waiver wire pickups of the week. And every Saturday morning, we will also be releasing our 15 games and 15 minute preview for that week. So Anthony, let's get to it. Week three, we've picked some topics for the week and then we'll do a quick rundown before we get to our top five waiver wire ad recommendations of the week. My first takeaway from week three, Anthony, has nothing to do with what actually happened in week three. This is a 100% fantasy football point that is relevant for everyone. And that's what to do with Christian McCaffrey in your league. Because right now, there are a lot of 0-3, even 1-2 teams who have Christian McCaffrey on their roster. And there are a lot of other teams that are 3-0, and 2-1, and that could afford to, you know, trade a few strong pieces so that they have McCaffrey later in the season. If you're 0-3, 1-2 with Christian McCaffrey, you should strongly consider shopping him. Because by the time he comes back and it's week 8 or week 9, if you're 2-6, and six, it doesn't matter that you have Christian McCaffrey. You're done. Fantasy football is all about making the playoffs because once you make the playoffs, you've got a shot. If you're 3-0, and 2-1, and one, go to your buddy in, in, in your league and, and make, him, make him an offer. If you're 0-3, 1-2, and, and you have Christian McCaffrey and you're not shopping him right now, why not? There's, there's, there's no point in waiting. See what you can get. Yeah, Paul, you make a great point. One thing I always try to do, and you really shouldn't draw the line in the sand with any given player, there should be no player on your team that's untradeable. If the offer is there and, it's, and it improves your roster, then you really need to do that trade. If it's not there, you don't do it. Yep. 
that, that's my thought process, man. There should be trades going on in every league this week. Just throw some stuff out there. See what you can get in return. Next week, we are going to start throwing in buy low guys, sell high guys that we think. All right, let's go on to the actual week three games that happened, not just the fantasy ones. I want to start with something that you absolutely nailed last week, Anthony, which is the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, you, you had Mike Zimmer's head on, on a rope last week, and you tugged pretty hard. And maybe he was listening because it sounded like Frank Reich started listening to me after week one. I don't know. But you said, did you forget that you had Dalvin Cook on your team? Yeah, clearly I think Frank Reich, after they put a beating on the Vikings, said, yo, dude, you need to listen to FCK podcast because Paul <laughs> made a great point about your running back situation. So he clearly listened to us, Zimmer. He remembered he had Dalvin Cook. Uh, he had, I, I think it was in the first two and a half quarters, they, he gave him the rock 14 times. He had over 125 yards. He had a touchdown. I mean, Dalvin was the machine we all knew he could be. And as a result, he was right there down to the wire with an undefeated 2-0 football team that made it to the conference championship game in the AFC last year that really only beat them on a last-second field goal. So if they stick with Dalvin Cook, number one, Dalvin Cook owners are going to be okay. And number two, I think the Vikings are going to be okay too. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and, and I thought that was such a great point you made last week. Next topic I want to run with is – Lions, Cardinals, we've gotten Frank Reich, Frank Reich to change his ways, and then we got uh, Mike Zimmer to change his ways with the running backs. So I'm going to now preach to Matt Patricia. Every time I see Adrian Peterson cut, he looks like he's about to fall over. There is no conceivable way that a professional football coach or a team of professional football coaches can be watching the same film that you and I watch and think that Adrian Peterson is the best back on that team. I happen to think DeAndre Swift is, is phenomenally talented, and it's altogether possible that DeAndre Swift is the worst pass-protecting running back of all time. It's possible. I don't know. But you should at least be playing on Johnson. The Adrian Peterson stuff doesn't make any sense to me. He had two long runs yesterday, and then I think he was – 11 for 10 yards and he just he can't do it he can't do it no Paul he can't do it I don't agree with Peterson being the lead back but Matt Patricia at the moment clearly thinks Adrian Peterson is the best back I mean if you look at it over the first three weeks of the season Adrian Peterson has gotten 43 carries and four receptions Carrion and Swift combined, their total carries and receptions is 36. It's ridiculous. It makes, it doesn't make sense, but I mean, this is the world we're living in apparently right now. Uh, from a receiving standpoint, real quick, I'm not buying Andy Isabella. Uh, he is on neither of our uh, top five waiver wire boards. I think he's fairly talented, but there's just too much competition for balls there. So I'm going to go to the next topic, which is what to do with the Cleveland Browns. Um, 
I think this is a run-first offense. I don't think that's earth-shattering that I'm saying this. You have talked ad nauseum about how bad you think Buster Baker Mayfield is, and you're proving to be right. But what we saw this week is that Baker Mayfield could be efficient when they use the run to set up the pass. Yeah, Paul, actually, you took the words right out of my mouth because I I was going to say, in an ideal world for both fantasy football and the real-life Cleveland Browns and their fans, they both of the running backs should be able to be started every week and get a lot of touches because when you do that, you take the pressure off of Buster Mayfield when the Browns have to rely on him to sling the ball around 30, 40 times a game, that's when they run into trouble. And let's face facts, Paul, this is the Cleveland Browns. They can mess up a cup of coffee. They are never going to follow that recipe. That clearly is already proven to be successful. But that being said, in an ideal world, if they did manage to wise up and give Chubb and hunt at least 15 touches a game each. Dude, I think they could they could both be top 10 backs. I mean, that's not out of the question. On the other side of the equation, but I'm still keeping my eye on Antonio Gibson because his yards per carry week after week is over five, and they're giving him the goal line touches now. So he's a player that you might be able to, to buy low on and trade for. Next topic I want to run through, Ant, is the analysis on the tie that we had between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati Bungles. <laughs> I can't help but laughing because the birds, the birds couldn't even beat the Bungles. That's just hysterical. Okay. Yeah, okay. look, you've got disappointment on both sides of the ball, right? You've got Carson Wentz. You've got disappointment on Miles Sanders. I'll start with Sanders because I think Wentz is going to be the longer subject. I have to tell you, Ant, everything I saw on film and everything I said on the offseason on Miles Sanders has come into fruition. And it's that he's a phenomenally athletic running back, but he's not mature yet in his decision-making, which is why you see continuously flashes of greatness from Miles Sanders, but not consistent yet. And that's two, two weeks in a row now, 20 for 95. You know, he, he's good. He's a second or third round draft pick right now in fantasy leagues um, and moving forward, but he hasn't showed me that he could absolutely take over a game yet. The second thing I saw in that game on the other side is Joe Mixon. There's 31 offensive lines in the NFL that you could spin a wheel and take at random. And Joe Mixon is a top 10 running back. This is just the one that he's not. They can't get any leverage and they can't get to the second level at all for Joe Mixon. I'm giving a couple more weeks. This, Remember, guys, this happened last year with Joe Mixon, where the first half of the year he was trash, and the second half of the year Zach Taylor made some adjustments to the offensive line, and Joe Mixon the last five weeks of the season was the RB3 or something like that. Anthony, I'm going to turn it over to you to talk about Carson Wentz. I mean Wentz, as you, as you like to say. Oh, he's Carson Wentz. I got to tell you something, Paulie. I'm a little worried about him. Between his fragility and the fact that the entire city of Philadelphia is turning on him, dude, this has the makings of a ticking time bomb. He's thrown at least two interceptions in each game he's played this year. And, Paul, 
he has as many wins as a starting quarterback in the NFL this year as I do. <laughs> Listen, he had a strong week this week in terms of scoring fantasy points, but that's because he rushed for 65 yards and a touchdown. He can't do that every week. Most importantly, his wide receiver situation is a complete mess. Fact of the matter is, this offense, for it to be successful and for the Eagles to get back into the playoff race, they need to run their offense through Miles Sanders. I know you're not a big Miles Sanders fan, but he's, he's the best thing they got going. I hope to God they don't listen to me because I would love to see the Cowboys back into a 6-10 and 10 division title, which is very possible right now. But, I mean, that's the only way they're getting back in this division race is to ride Miles Sanders. I'm not ready to give up on Carson once yet. Two reasons. One is that he is showing me he's willing to do whatever it takes with his legs. He's willing to put his body on the line a little bit, but that also means he's probably likely to get hurt. Probably. He, <laughs> he started developing a rapport with Greg Ward, who I'll give it away now is my number four waiver out of the week. Greg Ward, uh, the last few weeks last year, really came into favor uh, with, with Carson Wentz. And I think he's a PPR machine. He was a college quarterback, actually. So he's on the same page as Wentz is. And my number five waiver out of the week, I won't give it away yet, but he may be the savior for Carson Wentz. We'll have to see. So, you know, Ant, sometimes I got to give you credit where credit's due. And there's a name that you've been saying all off season that is about to become extremely relevant. And I think you spoiled that a little bit in your intro when you talked about that big Nick energy. Oh boy. And that's Nick Foles. <laughs> so, so for, for those of you that are, that didn't tune in in the preseason in the preseason, Anthony did a really big job saying, Look, I think Foles is going to win this job, and not only that, but look at the options here that he turns into prominence in Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller and Jimmy Graham, the tight end. You know, Ant, I'll let you take this one away because Nick Foles is officially the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. This is one of the best pieces of news I've gotten in 2020 is hearing Nick Foles is now the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I have not gotten to have my big Nick Foles rant. I've alluded to it, but I never really got the opportunity. This is it. First of all, if you happen to follow us on Twitter, at FCK Podcast, shameless plug, I went completely wild on it when Foles entered the game. In fact, when he entered the game, in five minutes, he gave us inter-touchdown two, which is amazing in itself. And then he brought them back from the dead, down 15 points. But let's, let's go back. Now that he's got the starting job, let me explain to you why I love Nick Foles. Let's go back to the beginning of his career. He's drafted and developed by Andy Reid, who is quite possibly the greatest quarterback guru of all time. Second season, uh, Chip Kelly comes in. Michael Vick is the starter, but Foles takes over around week four, you know what he does? 2,800 yards, 27 touchdowns, only three interceptions. 
I mean, that is legendary. Do you know what happens the next year? Genius GM Chip Kelly cuts his number one receiver into Sean Jackson. Poor Nick Foles breaks his collarbone. And the next thing you know, Chipper trades Foles to the Rams. Do you remember who his coach was in L.A.? The worst coach in football history, Jeff Fisher. Horrible situation. I don't know any quarterback that could succeed with him. Honestly, (laughs) it was one bad season, didn't play much, got hurt. He gets cut. He goes, where does he go after that? Kansas City, back into the loving arms of Andy Reid and the Andy Reid offense. He didn't get to play much there, but he did get in two games. He won them both. Then 2017 happens. He leaves. He goes to Philly. We all know what happens there. Carson Wentz gets hurt, falls, balls out, wins the Super Bowl, wins Super Bowl MVP, and has a statue built in his honor. (laughs) Next year, he's stuck on the bench. What happens? Uh, Carson Wentz gets hurt again. Big surprise. Folds gets back out there in time for the playoffs. And what does he do? He balls out again. I mean, he's just awesome at the playoffs. All of a sudden, you're thinking, wow, like, you know, Foles is the man. Then he goes to Jacksonville. He's, he's stopped in his tracks when he gets hurt, and he falls victim to mean shoe mania. The offense was a mess, not an Andy Reid offense. Finally, we're current. He gets traded to Chicago. Now he's getting in the lineup. Paul. Who's the coach in Chicago? Matt Nagy. What coaching tree does he come from? Andy Reid coaching tree. What coaching tree did Doug Peterson come from? Andy Reid. It's almost like it's almost like he's in a similar situation. <laughs> Could this be 2017 all over again? I say yes. <laughs> How about this for a bold prediction, Paul? Rest of the way, he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And how about this on top of that? The Bears are in their 90th season as a franchise this year. No quarterback in that time has thrown 4,000 yards in a season for the Bears. I think he's got a shot to do it, even with only 13 and a half games, 13 and a half games. Yeah, I, dude, I think he could do it. In fact, before the season, they – uh, they ran a simulation using the latest iteration of Madden, which NFL 2K5 forever, but he actually led the Bears to the Super Bowl, won the league MVP award, threw 4,800 <laughs> yards, 44 touchdowns against five picks with a 70% completion rate. Oh, man. I'm telling you, You need to go out and get Nick Foles, even if he's your backup, because I guarantee you by the end of the season, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. All yours, Paul. I've been waiting waiting three months to get that off my chest. I'm just letting it all soak in. That was a well-constructed history of Nick Foles' professional career. Uh, once he left, uh, I believe it was Arizona. Uh, Arizona, the college, of course. Good recovery. 
Um, all right. Uh, I'll leave it at that, dude. Nothing I need to respond to. Let me just do a quick rundown of some of the games. Uh, 49ers, Giants. There's no Giant. I am at all interested in starting. Cam looks like he's good again. He's the lead singer of the band, and he puts up points every week. Buffalo, uh, Los Angeles Rams. I, I say it every week, I feel like now, but Josh Allen, I've never seen a quarterback make more progress uh, in, a, in an offseason than, than Josh Allen. He looks like a young Ben Roethlisberger with more uh, more mobility. He looks phenomenal. Uh, as you call him, boy genius. And McVay has the Rams offense absolutely humming. I said it in the preseason, Jared Goff might not be the most talented quarterback in the world, but uh, based on pure volume, he's going to be a top 15 fantasy quarterback. He's a great backup to have. They throw the ball a lot in McVay uses that jet motion to set up the pass really well. Carolina, we called Mike Davis having a big game. He caught eight passes out of the backfield. They're really just having him run the Christian McCaffrey role, and he's an adequate running back with decent acceleration. Not even going to bother with the Jets. That's not even worth talking about. Great game last night, Green Bay and New Orleans. Uh, Alvin Kamara is the single best player in fantasy football right now. James Robinson showed us this week he is a legit starting running back. I think he's the fifth-ranked running back uh, for the season right now, which is unbelievable. So that brings us to our final segment, Ant, which is our top five waiver wire additions of the week. Um, You want to go first or you want me to? I may as well go first. I feel guilty about my super long Nick Foles rant, so I'll just shoot through my entire top five and I'll be pretty quick. Uh, Number five, Devontae Freeman. I'm cheating. It's only 40%, but I think this is the last chance you're going to get a full-time starter for the rest of the season, so feel the need to remind everybody. Uh, Number four, Justin Jefferson. Number three, Alan Lazard. Number two, my my new segment of my number two favorite ad of the week. I'm going to keep this up every week. Whatever defense is playing the Jets, in this case, it's Denver. (laughs) (laughs) The Jets offense, you mentioned the Jets weren't worth talking about. I beg to differ. The Jets offense is so absolutely pathetic and rudderless. I don't care if it's the University of Miami or USC or Alabama or the Dillon Panthers. I am starting their defense against the Jets. Until they fire Adam Gase, you have to do that. And then just to wrap things up, I'm going to waste no more time on this. That's Nick Foles. I've already said enough on him. Paul, all you, buddy. So I'll get into my top five. My number five is the player I teased when I went on the Eagles uh, diatribe about how I think there's going to be a savior coming. And his name is Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey last year uh, got at least five targets in every single game that he was healthy. And most of his games were eight or more targets. In fact, he had his last game healthy last year was 16 targets where he got nine catches for 137 yards and a touchdown. He's a wide receiver two or three. I think he's worth adding. Uh, Number four I alluded to before, which is Greg Greg Ward in PPR leagues. Number three is Brandon Ayuk. My number two, uh, it's actually a 2A and 2B is Justin Jefferson, uh, who we saw yesterday when Dalvin Cook sets up everything with the run. 
It gives Kirk Cousins time to throw. Justin Jefferson is the best possible replacement for Stephon Diggs. They have very similar skills, and it also sets up uh, Thielen in the underneath. My 2B is Moali Cox, who I mentioned last week, and he is uh, he has taken away the number one tight end position from Jack Doyle. He's an athletic tight end who uh, Rivers likes to use, especially in the red zone. And the number one I don't have to get into because that's Nick Foles, of course. Attaboy, Paulie. <laughs> well, thanks so much for tuning in this week, everyone. Uh, we hope that these style of episodes are helpful for you, both with the uh, week takeaways as well as the waiver wires. We are also going to continue to do the 15 games in 15 minutes episodes. Please go ahead and tune into those. Hit subscribe if you like what we're doing. It, it lets us know that you like the content we're putting out and we can put out more of it for you guys. Uh, if you haven't already done so, so on social media at FCK Podcast, Twitter on Instagram, subscribe to us on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts. Website is www.fckpodcast.com.